Hey guys, with sports betting season in full force with football here, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades, thriving and paying their loyal customer base. That is BETUS.com, and they have loads of bonuses. Join now or call 1 800 69 BetUS. That is 800 MyBetUS. You receive 125% sign up bonus by using bonus. Bonus code SST125. That's SST125. They have re-up and referral bonuses. Also, BetUS is known among America's favorite sportsbook for lots of reasons. Bet on team and player props, loads of NFL futures, UFC matches, PGA golf, live betting on most sports. The online casino has hundreds of games. The racebooks has all the horse tracks. They have every bet type imaginable. Follow my lead and get your phone, online, and sports betting partner with integrity and longevity like I did. BetUS, you bet you win you get paid bet us time to talk a little aggie football with the a&m scouting report our good buddy chris landry landryfootball.com good morning to you chris morning david how are you doing buddy i'm great my friend and chris is joining us on the bcsi hotline hey man so uh let's let's talk a little bit about this past game a&m had here against south carolina Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by the way South Carolina's offense went worked backward uh, there. They had 10 yards at the half and then six yards at the end of the third quarter. I know in your many years uh, of working in football, you've probably seen stuff like that. But, man, that was uh, fun to watch until that fourth quarter. Uh, yeah, it was. We talked last week that um, South Carolina's in bad shape. I mean, they're – you know, I wouldn't – they're not too far. I was going to say they're not Vanderbilt bad, but to be honest with you, they're in that same conversation. They're, they're, they're in really bad shape. The quarterback situation, particularly on offense, but even on defense, I look, they haven't been in many games. Uh, I mean, no, they've won a few against weak opponents. Uh, they were, they're very fortunate uh, against Vanderbilt. That was, you watch the tape and it's like, you know, it's a pillow fight, um, and, and neither one of them could do a whole lot. So I knew this was going to get an ugly game to the point where it was going to be, you know, whatever A&M wanted it to be. And then, you know, I think that's kind of how it played out. I think a little bit of foot off, foot off the gas and, um, you know, it maybe looked less dominant, but, you know, anybody that watched it, it was, it was never a contest. Yeah, and, and let's talk a little bit about the line, and we'll start on the offensive side. That That is a group that was a problem early on and now becoming a position of strength. Yeah, I mean, it's it's to me, it's <laughs> I, I see this all the time. Young offensive line, four new guys. I mean, the surprise would be if they were really good to start. I mean, it doesn't work that way. You you would expect them to get better, and, and there, there are circumstances in which it doesn't get better. You lose continuity. You have further injuries. I mean, all those things factor in. But, you know, this team's very well coached. They're coached well there. I expected them to get better. Um, you know, it's, it's not so much, you know, looking at it from, well, they lost this game and they won this game. It's just how they progress gradually. And when you looked at, when you look at guys, you start to see more of a comfort level. And as I mentioned going into say Alabama week and after Alabama week, when we talked is they've also helped the offensive line out a little bit when they really recognized that they were going to have problems. They ran a lot of condensed formations, a lot of two tight end sets. 
to help the run game because this is this is a team that's going to be built young quarterback and an offensive line well that's a recipe for not going to be very good in the early part of the season may not be all that good at any point during the course of the year yet they've gotten better and better and why i think they've done a good job of working and teaching young guys on that offensive line or getting new guys in and creating that chemistry and two formationally they've done a very good job of look we got to get the running game going the strength of this offense is it's two backs you know it's running game as a whole so let's let's run the football that makes it easier for the quarterback you know you slow down pass rush pressure you don't have to pass block as long because defenses defensive fronts have to play the run first if you're a good running team so they've become a very good running team which in the early part of the season Eh, couldn't quite find the running game. Couldn't get it going. Remember, we're talking to the Colorado game, and you know, it, it just they they weren't there yet. And hey, welcome to football and coaching. And you don't have the same team from week one to week two to week three to week eight. It's it's different. Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse for different reasons. This team has played better, gotten better. I do think we need to be aware that they have after Alabama, they've played two week teams that. Even if they didn't play well, it was only going to factor into the margin of victory. So, as I'm sure we'll talk about it in the bye week, it's, you know, let's, let's get ready because you're going to have at least in Auburn and Ole Miss, two teams that are going to bring about some different looks, different challenges that you're going to have to play very well and play very clean because those are games of teams that can beat you uh, if you don't play your best. You're capable of beating them, but they're capable of beating you that that really wasn't the case against Missouri and South Carolina. I mean, it, those teams weren't capable of beating a in my opinion. A&M could lose the game, but I don't think they're capable of straight up beating them. Well, that's not going to be the case, at least for two of the next four opponents, maybe three in terms of personnel, but really two in particular. Chris, let's continue down that path. So what does A&M have to do to win out? And, and we'll start off with the Auburn game and, and then the Ole Miss game. What do they have to do specifically in those games? Well, I think that the, the Auburn game um, is one that you've got to really press the pocket on Bo Nix. Uh, they want to run the football, so you've got to do you've got to have a real good rotation up front, got to play well up front, um, really do a good job on early down stopping the run, and, and you got to you got to push that pocket. If Bo Nix has a clean pocket, you know he can make plays. I think you can be a little bit aggressive because I think you can hold up against those Auburn receivers. They're becoming better since they've made the coaching change a little bit more proficient running routes, but they, they don't have receivers that consistently win off the line of scrimmage or in their route. So I think you can take some chances. I think you can be really aggressive, and I expect Mike to do that, because if you get into Bo Nix's grill a little bit, you know that's a different than if you give him time, he can set his feet. Um, he can hurt you. So that's the real key in facing them. And I think defensively, this is a pretty good team. It'll pr- provide some challenges for AM's offense. You, you've, you're going to have to run it. You may have to run some two tight ends. I mean, I know that in general, you'd like to see the passing game evolve a little bit more. But, you know, you've, this, is gonna, this is a team that in order to win games like this, they're going to have to be able to run the football so they can work some play action. And I think maybe take some chances on early downs against Ole Miss. It's a different matchup. Um, that's a game that's a little bit more dangerous. It's going to be a big challenge defensively. 
defending their tempo. You have to get a line quickly. You basically got to go with your game plan and with your the adjustments have to be made during the week because in-game adjustments, um, uh, you can do it between series, but you're going to have a hard time, you know, if you're going to make a lot of switches pre-snap, you're going to get misaligned. I mean, we've seen that happen uh, to people. I mean, they'll score 14 points on you just because you're not ready for the snap and you don't want to give away points. That and can A&M run against Ole Miss. Now, this I think you can run the football against Ole Miss, but their defense is playing better. Uh, they play better against LSU. LSU still can't run the football, even though they ran it against uh, Florida. I think that's the key because you don't want to get in a shooting match with, with Ole Miss. That's one you probably lose, particularly if Matt Corral is healthy. you got to defend the quarterback run, so you've got to defend an extra gap in the run game. This is going to be the defensive challenge here, and the offensive complementary part to beating Ole Miss has got to be able to run the football. I don't, I don't like – if it's a shootout game, you know, Ole Miss usually wins those against pretty much anybody. And I think they would win it here in a shootout matchup. So you don't allow it to get to that. That's, that's you know, control the football, make them become impatient, uh, prevent the big play, defend the run on early downs, and play a lot of split safeties to try to make them go the length of the field. But, man, you better defend that quarterback run because if he's healthy and running it, we saw that uh, – you know, running the, the football 200 yards uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was that was really something. Chris, what about the emergence or reemergence, I should, should say, of Jalen Watermeyer, who had a slow start to the season, but now becoming a consistent threat once again and, and a guy that they absolutely need the rest of the way? Well, I think that there's no – he's an outstanding talent, a pass-receiving talent. And, again, as you run a lot of two tights, he's going to be in most sets and – in the, with the run game being so successful, he can run a, a little check block and get out and release, and that's tough. You're, you've got, again, when you can run the football, you've got to check that run first defensively plan against AM. and that's, that's difficult when now you've got, to, you've got to have the safety over the top trying to cover the tight end, and, and uh, that's as capable as Wiedemeyer. What you want to do to stop him, you want to jam him off the line of scrimmage and run a safety over the top. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a formula that will work, but they are so committed to the run game that if you do that successfully, that's when the running game is going to gas you. So you, you've got to, you know, it's a big part of why I think Jalen's had so much success because how they've used him formationally. And he certainly got the talent to win. I mean, he's a size mismatch and, and an athletic mismatch, depending on who you put up against him in coverage. We, uh, since it is the open week, we kind of looked into the future NFL draft stuff. A couple of Aggies could go in the top 10, 15, and DeMarvin and, and Kenyon. But I want to ask you about somebody who I hope sticks around for another year, but he may ch- test the waters there in the NFL and Anaya Smith. What kind of NFL potential do you see from him? Well, no, he has a lot of ability. Obviously, he's a playmaker, he's a returner, and I think with the ball in his hands, um, he can be really successful. Look, I always say this, and um, uh, it, it, those decisions are personal, but I think he can definitely help himself. He can help his draft stock, but, you know, that's going to depend upon what he wants to do personally. I think he could use more seasoning. I think he needs a little bit more polish. I think he's a playmaker. I just think he can be a different level, more consistent guy in the fundamental part of their offense if he came back, but I don't know what his plans are. What I tell guys all the time, because I've been part of the advisory board a bunch, and, you know, get good advice. 
um, take the advisory board's information. Um, you know, Jimbo learned this from, from Saban. Jimbo will call us and ask independently about where do you guys have, you know, in this case, an ICE or anybody ranked. And, and take the good advice. Don't listen to Uncle Leroy who tells you that, you know, you read on the Internet you're going to be a first-round pick. Because I always tell guys, you, if you come out, you better be happy in the worst-case scenario. All right, look, you, you're hearing, and, you, you know, guys believe what they want to believe. So, you know, I mean, you know, David, every year, I mean, there's, there's 119 guys that, that, that think they're going to go in the first round. I mean, it's just like you want to say hello. I mean, wake up, smell the coffee. So understand that you're not, you know, most of you are not going to go there. So if you go in the fourth or fifth round, um, you know, are you happy with that? If you are, then fine. Um, but just look at the worst case scenario and look at the upside and, and obviously the family situation, personal situation. You got to do what you want to do there. But just, just know, get it from football people that know, not from projections that are just getting second, third, and information and what I call gossip. Chris, let's uh, go back to Ole Miss and Auburn for a moment. They're playing this weekend, and obviously those are the next two opponents for Texas A&M. How do you see that game playing out? Uh, if I remember correctly, that game is at Auburn. Uh, it it is um, it it absolutely is. Uh, it, it's at uh, kind of the uh, the early evening window. I think six o'clock Central Time is where it is. It's uh, it's on the plains in Jordan Hare. Um, I'm very curious to see this matchup because I do think it's a little bit of contrast in styles. Much like uh, I think Auburn is more, if you're going to make a comparison, more like what A and M is. And you know they they want to run some play action, they'll run some shotgun, they'll do different things, but they're working, believe it or not. Yeah. They're working the tight ends at Auburn. They found tight ends uh, that they never uh, was the case with the Gus. Um, they like to run the football. They've got good backs. They can run the football. Can they run the football consistently on Ole Miss? That's going to be the key. Limit Ole Miss's possessions. Don't get in a shootout. It's basically a microcosm of um, very similar. I would say not a micro, very similar to kind of the A&M Ole Miss breakdown that I just gave. Very similar in that regard. Um, I do think Auburn's got a chance, but, um, you know, Ole Miss is on a roll. They're feeling it a little bit. The offense is playing well. No doubt about that. But I think you've got to – if you can, um, pardon the pun, corral their, their running game and, and, and certainly the quarterback in the run game, that's a different type team. And then you, you frustrate them a little bit. Uh, make them throw the football down the field uh, in, in split safeties looks. That's really the key, and that's the one thing that they're doing differently. If you go back to Ole Miss, Arkansas played them well last year. They played a lot of split safeties. But this year against them, what they did, and it was a close game, I know, but they are letting Corral run. And so that's going to be the key for Auburn as it is going to be for A&M when they play the reps. Chris, uh, I want to ask you about Oklahoma. I'm not sure how much you watched that game against Kansas or just in general throughout the year. They're undefeated. They're finding ways to win games. But, man, I don't think they're one of the four best teams in the country. But at, I guess at the end of the day, who is that fourth best team in the country? There's a lot of teams up there. Do you see them stumbling down the stretch? Well, they absolutely could if you look at their schedule. Um, you know, they always fare well against Oklahoma State. But I, I think Oklahoma State and their style is a little bit different than some of their past teams, much like Iowa State. And those two teams are going to challenge them. Um, they're not playing all that well. And here's the thing. And, and Caleb Williams is a playmaker and the whole Spencer Rattler. And, but what it's done, it's, 
It's created spacing in the passing game for them to make big plays, but they're not consistent throwing the football well enough. They are running it better, but they're not as consistent. The offensive line's not as good. And defensively, they're, they're, you know, all the talk about this and that, they're just not that good. Now, I know they're banged up in the secondary. They don't have depth there, and they don't have size in the secondary that can match up. So they lose a lot of 50-50 balls. Um, yeah, they, they're you could you could sit there and say, well, Kansas, early game, on the road, they weren't ready. But that's been the how Oklahoma's looked pretty much all year long. I mean, they were very fortunate to beat Nebraska. Nebraska just self-destructed in, in the special on special teams. But, yeah, Oklahoma doesn't look like a team. They certainly, whether they make the playoffs or not, We'll see. They are not a team right now that's going to do damage in the playoffs with the way they're playing. And I don't know if they're going to get healthy enough to flip it around like a lot of people were trying to sell at the beginning of the year. Chris, let me close it off with the uh, Mike Tomlin press conference from the other day. I don't, I don't know if you got to watch any of that, but uh, his name was linked to USC because of Matt Leinart. He seemed to take offense of it. I honestly thought that press conference, you could slice it in two. First half, incredible. Second half, unneeded, but uh, Mike Tomlin likes to say what he's thinking. Just uh, your thoughts on how rumors get started and how Mike handled it and whatnot. Well, here's the truth, Ben. I've been, been in the NFL for a long time. There's most guys in, and I'd say in Mike's case, they kind of look at it, and I, this is probably how he took it. Um, and, and, and it may be not how he should have taken it, it's how he took it that things are not going well in Pittsburgh, maybe he might want to jump ship to college. Well, that's an insult to a guy like that. He's won a Super Bowl. He's been a very good coach. He is, that is the best run organization in football. I'll speak to that because that's, that's my uh, bailiwick. Um, I, I think that was an insult to him. I think it's, 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 it's also insulting to his bosses who he loves, to his players that for for a second people thinking that he might be thinking about anything other than getting his team turned around is an insult to him. Um, you know, I, he is tend to go around and maybe, you know, the big boosters, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, look, I, I can tell you, I, it was a foolish to me. What was foolish is, is, and I did a podcast on this this week that we're, we're in the coaching search world. Um, the people that talk don't really know what they're talking about. In most cases, they just throw stuff out and let it stick. And, you know, a lot of coaches don't appreciate that because it gets their names drawn into it when there's nothing there, there's no interest. And I think that was a case of being frustrated. And you know what? I, there are a couple of guys, a couple of guys that Rex Steeler players that threw his name out there. And I don't know if they're throwing it for legitimacy or for clicks or whatever, but, uh, it wasn't anything, is nothing, and I think he was frustrated with that and uh, handled it the way he did it. Chris, we appreciate you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy the bye week. Take care. Thanks, my friend.